Hey, this is Shannon Wooten, pastor of New Spring Church, and this is our podcast. I hope it encourages you, and I hope it gives you hope that a new life in Jesus is possible for you. We appreciate you, and thank you for listening. Hey, today, just as you're uh, taking your notes out, you can go online, check those notes out. We're going to talk about relationships, growing deeper in our relationships. There's two goals that I have today that Bonnie and I have for you today. One, I want you to see how God how God has designed you for relationships and how much he loves for us to participate in relationships and how important they are to, to us. So I want you to see the importance of relationships. And then number two, I pray at the end of this message that we take a moment to listen to what the Holy Spirit will show us. There's going to be one or two things that I believe the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you in regard to your relationships that I think will bring uh, some uh, open doors, breakthroughs, some healing, maybe some, some growing deeper in our relationships. And I believe through that, the Holy Spirit's going to work through that and just do some of the things that you've had a desire for. And you probably didn't think about some of the goals that you have being impacted by your relationships, but they are. That's what God showed me this, these last two weeks as we've been preparing for this, is that they are connected. You may not, have see, you may not see how they are connected, but the Holy Spirit's going to show you this morning before we go home today, and we pray that that we have those moments with the Lord today. So, a <clears throat> couple of things. Uh, Matthew chapter 24, you can turn there with me this morning. Uh, Matthew chapter 24 will be our first verse. Uh, there are notes at the Connection Center if you need those as well. Uh, so I pray you write some things down as the Lord speaks to you. But I want to remind you a couple of things. We had to postpone and reschedule our vision night, Dream Team Vision Night. It's going to be March the 18th on a Thursday night. Please come to that. That's open for everyone. That's where we do our annual business report. We give our financials and we pray, but we also look at what God has done through the ministry. Even though we've had a challenging year, God has really done some amazing things through the ministry. Uh, And then, two, we're going to look forward, cast vision forward. What does God want to do through New Spring? This is very important. I pray that you come. Take, Take a moment. Take an hour to come to that vision night and participate in that, celebrate that, and help us pray through that vision uh, as, we, as we keep being faithful to what God's called us to as a church. Amen? So mark that on your calendar. There's a couple of things coming up that are absolutely exciting, some new things for young adults, for our middle schoolers and high schoolers. I'm excited about those types of things. Stay connected through our emails, our updates. There's some great things that are coming up, and uh, we're looking forward to those, um, to those events. Did I miss anything? All right. How many grateful that Bonnie's on the stage with me? Don't I, I look a lot better just because she's standing next to me, right? Come on, somebody. All right, so Matthew chapter 24. So think about this. Here's what I want you to think about. And Bonnie, would you pray over us that our hearts and our ears would be open to the word of God today? Lord, we're doing just that right now, God. We're letting our eyes and our ears be open, God. Let our heart be opened, God, to receive the word today, Lord. You have a good word, and your word is life-changing. God, and you do it for our betterment, God. And so we thank you, Lord, that the love that you have for us, God, is going to grow deeper inside of us, Lord, as we hear and grasp your word today. In your name we pray. Amen. Shout amen. Amen. All right. So life, think about this. Life is about relationships. And think about this, that God is a relational God. Don't miss this. God is a relational God. God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit. Remember the first, very beginning of Genesis, God didn't say, hey, I'm going to create man in my own image. He said, let us. Let us create man in our own image. It was a group effort. There was a relational part of what God is trying to model to us 
is how he does relationships with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And all through the Word, Old Testament, all the way into the New, we can see how God talks so much to us. He speaks so much to us about relationships. And it makes it hard sometimes. Sometimes we don't get excited about relationships because every one of us have been affected, maybe offended, or hurt by relationships. And that is the temptation of the enemy to not see that these relationships are so key in our life. God is a relational God. He's designed you and me for relationships. And therefore, I believe as, as, as a struggle as it can be sometimes, I believe, don't you believe that God can give us wisdom? Yeah. Come on, to do relationships and be healthy and allow the glory of God to flow through our relationships. Do you believe that this morning? Amen? So think about this. Matthew chapter 24, you remember the end time series that we did back in the fall. And Jesus talks to us about what's going to happen. One of the characteristics in the end times, he gives a whole list in Matthew chapter 24. One of them, catch what one of them are. Look at this. In the end times, when the the world's going to turn upside down, things are going to get worse It's pointing that Jesus Christ is going to return soon, but look at one of the characteristics to show us that we're in the end times. At that time, Jesus said, many will turn away from their faith. And boy, we're seeing that. Uh, I've been devastated by some, uh, I'm not going to mention any names, but I I regarded very highly one of the ministers uh, that passed away recently and then, then discovered that he was living a lie and has hurt so many people. It really broke my heart. I don't gloat in that kind of stuff. Um, I don't share that. I don't spread that. It, it hurts me. And I was very hurt because I looked up to this guy. And I thought, man, if there's any sta- stability in our ministry, it's him. But come to find out, he walked away as powerful as he was about communicating the faith and pointing to Jesus Christ. Even he had an unregenerated heart was not living for God, allowed sin to creep into his life. He walked away from the faith and, and just uh, just lied to everyone and how horrible that is. We've seen this time and time again with people that, we, that we've elevated and lifted and we, we esteem them highly, which there's nothing wrong with that. We just have to remember they're not God. They're not Jesus. They're not the Savior. They're, they're not the Messiah. They're going to make mistakes. But he says many will turn away from the faith, and look at this, and will betray and hate each other. We're, we're, it, doesn't, it doesn't take much for us to see that the world has so much hatred. And can I be very honest and transparent with us this morning? And I'm not, please don't, no condemnation here. But even from the community of faith, from the body of Christ, I see a bunch of hatefulness being spewed out. Uh, because we're very passionate about some stuff. And I'm telling you, when, when hatefulness comes out of us, that is not the fruit of the Spirit And if there's anything the world needs to see, it needs to see the body of Christ. You'll never be able to win the world or win them over to truth by sharing and by spewing hatefulness. You've got to show them a different way. You've got to show them the love of Jesus Christ. And I'm not talking about... I'm not talking about wishy-washy love. I'm not talking about surface love. I'm talking about truly allowing the fruit of the Spirit to, to come out of you to show people the truth. There's a lot of hatefulness going on. And if there's anyone that needs to model, come on, model relationships well, it needs to be, come on, within the body of Christ. 
and that's why the church is so important in groups because it's not just an everyday relationship. It's your spiritual relationships that matter. People that are going to encourage you, pray for you, lift you up. This place is where that's going to happen. You're going to find good godly relationships. And even in, in groups that we're having, um, great time to just, um, just build each other in great faith in your yep. relationship. Yep. Groups are so important. Uh, what we're doing today is important. We're doing dream team together, relating to each other. What you're doing, you're giving yourself the opportunity to to build healthy relationships and model to the world what healthy relationships look like. Romans chapter 12 verse 5. Look what he says. So it is. It is with Christ's body. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts. That's you and me, guys. That's us. Even our online people. Come on. That's all of us. Look what he says. We are many parts of one body. And we all belong to each other. Can we say that together? Come on, say that line with me. We all belong to each other. All right, turn to someone and say to them, come on. We belong to each other. We belong to each other. That's what the Bible tells us. You are not on an island by yourself. You belong to each other. You are the body of Christ. God wants to do something as we belong to each other, and that happens through as we do church, as we do life together. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 and 12, another scripture reference I want you to see today. Look what he says. He says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm? I love this scripture verse, by the way. How can one keep warm alone? And they don't. So when your husband gets COVID, you go buy an electric blanket. And that's how you keep warm. Just a little tip there. All right. Let's move on quickly. Verse 12. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, and a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Do you see the power of a relationship? How God has, can I just show you another one? Uh, Another one is where Paul says, when you guys, you guys are in a relationship, a marriage relationship, a covenant together, do not allow offense and bitterness to come between each other. He says, if you don't settle that matter, he sa- here's what he says, your prayers will be hindered. I don't care how much you storm heaven about something in your life. You're trying to get to a place in your life, trying to get to goals, but you're not going to do it without your spouse. That's how powerful your covenant is, and that's how powerful God looks at your marriage and looks at you as, a, as the covenant you made. You're not going to be able, having allowing dissension and a wedge come between an offense without settling it. That's how powerful it is. And I'm going to say move it beyond relationships. When God has brought people into your life for a reason, they're there for a reason, and if you allow offenses to separate you and to, to cause discord among you, God looks at it. God is grieved by that. The Holy Spirit is grieved. This is why unity is so important within the body of Christ. This is why it's so important that we do some of these characteristics that we're going to talk about today and to make sure that they are in our relationships Because God wants to move through your relationships. Listen, you have goals to move forward in your life. Here's the big why. You have goals. There's something that you want done in your life right now. You're praying for them. You're believing for them. You have goals to make advancements. And I'm going to ask you, what are your goals right now? 
What is something that you're trying? You, do you want to be debt-free? Do you want to see some debt eliminated in your life? Do you want your business to advance? Do you want uh, some healing to happen in your life? What goals do you have? Do you want to lose weight? Hello, somebody? Anybody want to lose some weight? Uh, do you want to find a job that fits your skill set? Are you tired of doing a job to where you're unfulfilled? And you're saying, God, open a door for me to, to land a job that fits what you designed me for, my skill set? Is that the goal that you have? What goals do you have? What, what, what's all, anybody single today and want a soulmate? No one. Anyone, anyone, come on, anyone praying for a soulmate? All right, I got a couple of them. All right, yeah. All right, maybe, maybe you need to come to my marriage class on Tuesday nights. Uh, what about finishing your degree? Do you have a goal to finish your degree? Where do you want to make advancements? Can I tell you a secret? Let me tell you something. The goal that you have, you're not going to get there alone. It's going to require you to network with someone. God is going to cross someone in your path. He's going to bring you with someone that's either going to speak into your life, make a connection happen in your life. He's going to bring you. And if, you don't, if we don't do relationships well and can recognize the power of that relationship, we may miss the opportunity for advancement or for some, some things to happen in our life because we're sabotaging that open door, that breakthrough, because we may be failing in an area of our relationships. Are you with me this morning? I don't know how many times I have needed something in, in a relationship. They've connected me to that. All these goals that you're talking about, like yeah. we're connectors. You're going to be with somebody, and they're going to need something, and it's going to come out. It happens every time. Yeah. You're not usually going to find that on your own. That's right. Someone's going to have yeah. a, hey, have you heard about this? Do you know this? It's, yeah, it's yeah. a beautiful thing. Can I even just say something right now? And, I just, and this may be the Lord, okay, and you can discern whether it is or not. Can I just say to you that somebody is, is, has been praying for something very specific, mm -hmm. and God is saying this morning, could be God, saying to you, it's connected to somebody in your life, yeah. but you're not valuing them like mm -hmm. you need to value them. You're not paying attention to that, the dynamic within that relationship, and God is trying to show you he's bringing, he's bringing someone into your life right. to help you. So don't just pay attention. Write this down. Don't just pay attention to what is surrounding you. So many times we look at the circumstances, the what. Pay attention to the who. Who is surrounding you? Pay attention to what is happening within your relationships. You're, you want that situation, that circumstance to change so bad, but it could be it's the who that's surrounding you that may be impacting what you want to happen in your life. Pay attention to what kind of culture, someone shout culture, What's the culture of your relationships? What's the fruit of your relationships? When, if an outsider was to come into your circle of influence and the inside of your relationships, what would they receive out of that? Would it be healthy? Would it be impactful? Would it be advantageous for their life? And they could say, man, this is a good culture for me to build relationships in. Pay attention to what, is, what kind of culture you are creating within your relationships. And I want you to look at the screen today because the question is, is what keeps our relationship from growing deeper? There's going to be some, the enemy of our relationships. So many times our relationships are only on the surface and we only go so far. Sometimes we abandon them. And there's an enemy to our relationships. What could they be? Well, the first one is easy. It's sin. Sin, wrong motives, an un, 
Regenerate heart. This is the big one. When Christ, listen, when Christ saved us, he saved us to change our, our contaminated, corrupt heart that has been corrupted by, by sin. And how many of you know, come on, how many can be honest this morning that you may have given your life to Christ and he has changed your heart, but how many of you had to keep coming back to Jesus because you realize the enemy is trying to keep my heart unregenerated, right? And trying to keep me in a place and allow some of these symptoms and some of these areas of my life of sin to come back to a place and it's hurting my relationships. How many of you ever had to keep coming back to Jesus and bringing your heart to him and say, Lord, help my heart? That's why Proverbs says, come on, that's why Proverbs says, guard your heart above all else because out of your heart is the issues of life. Everything that is impacted in your life will be impacted by your heart. And so many times our relationships don't grow deeper because we don't allow Jesus, come on, to regenerate our heart to a heart that is, that is whole and a heart of holiness. Pride is a big one. Pride, if you have a conflict or an offense with someone, you know what's going to keep that unresolved? You, want to, you know what's going to keep bitterness to keep growing like an ugly root or a cancer? It's pride. Pride's the biggest one killer in our relationships in marriages, with our children, with our grandchildren, with our, the people that we go to church with, people that we work with. Pride is the biggest, the biggest reason why we don't have healthy relationships. And if we can have a spirit of humility, love shows up as humility. And if we would have a spirit of humility, we could, we could bring solutions and bring us to a healthy place in our relationships. How many times did we want to say, I'm sorry, but we allowed pride to hold our tongue? How many times did we want to say, man, I, I, I made a mistake and I need, to, I need to say, I'm sorry, but pride held us back and it kept that hurt there. Brokenness. We bring baggage into our, and every one of us, listen, every one of us, we've been hurt somewhere because of relationships and this is the trick of the enemy. Because we've been hurt, we build up the, the, the unregenerated heart says, I'm going to build up walls. I'm not going to let you hurt me again, and I'm going to keep you at a distance. But how many of you know that's not what the Bible teaches us to do? Right? right? Yeah. That we have, to, we have to continually be in a state to where you say, God, even in this worship service right now, heal my hurts. It was Pastor Jensen Franklin wrote a book a couple of years ago. He says the, the book title was to love like you've never been hurt. Love, keep loving like you've never been hurt. How many know that it takes Jesus to do that? You know what I sense this morning? And I know that I know this is relatable. I know it is because I, I sense this too for me that some of us have been hurt in our relationships and it, it's a trick of the enemy to keep us from showing up to a group, not getting involved in ministry, not taking the extra step at work to, to befriend someone. Um, it may be for, for some of us who have been uh, hurt in a previous marriage, it's keeping you from opening your heart up to someone else that God wants to send into your life. Are you listening to me? So I'm, I'm here this morning. Come on, Bonnie, I'm here this morning to move us forward. This is a truly a discipleship message to help us because this is where God, this is where the Holy Spirit's going to show up. He's going to show up in our relationships, and the fruit of that is going to be glorious. God's going to do so many breakthroughs in our life. Can you shout amen? Amen. So what, what else? Negative. I, I wonder if some of our relationships, the culture, 
It's so negative. Our relationships, there's so much negativity in our relationships, maybe in our home life. We've created so much negativity with our words that it's unhealthy, and it's, a, it's an enemy for our relationships to really grow deeper. Manipulation. Did you know manipulation? I'm going to tell you this. Manipulation is the cousin of, of witchcraft. And if you look through the Bible, go back through the Bible. Go through the, the Old and New Testament and look at where people manipulated. It, was, it is connected to witchcraft. When we try to manipulate people, that is not a heart of Christ. That is not where God, even, even the Holy Spirit will not manipulate us. As powerful as God is, he is a respecter of people's boundaries and a respecter. God, God is not going to force you to give your life to Jesus Christ. He'll give you the invitation. But he will not force you. There's been times I praise that God forced me to do this, forced me to do right, and God will not force us. And then when we use manipulation in our relationships, that is not the work of the Holy Spirit. That is the work of, I'm going to tell you, it's satanic. It is not God. Are you with me this morning? Manipulation will keep your relationships not healthy at all. A lack of knowledge. We read books, we read magazines, we gain insight from YouTubes, we watch all kinds of stuff. YouTubes. <laughs> YouTubes. We watch all kinds of stuff. We try to gain all of this knowledge, how to, how to break a motor down, how to change a tire, how to, how to bake a cake. we got all of this knowledge that we want to grow, but how many times are we investing in our knowledge about how to do relationships right? And we wonder why. Our relationships are failing. We've not picked up a book. We've not listened to a class. We've not went to a seminar. We're not changing anything about our relationships. We're still going off an old nature when God says, I want to give you a new knowledge to help you in your relationships. And when we do, we can use that new knowledge, come on, to make advancements in our relationships. We were playing a game um, last night with our kids. What was the game? What do you meme? So it was a meme. So it was a picture. And then we had these cards that we had to put a meme that fit the picture, right? You got to make your own meme. Well, Shailene, she loves this. She says, she loved this one. And she said, this is right. She says, well, I go to school to learn stuff. And it's not the stuff that I need to learn. So one of the memes was um, when you have learned how to, how, to, um, how to break down a parallelogram, the circumference of a parallelogram, but you don't know how to do your taxes. <laughs> and she said, that's right. I mean, she stood up and started preaching. They teach us all kinds of stuff in school. I know how to do algebra, but it's not helped me in life. And that's the way I feel like sometimes we have all of this knowledge, useless knowledge, but is it really helping us in our relationships? When God has a word, his word is full of knowledge and insight to help us with our skill sets about relationships, and one of those lack of relationships or lack of, uh, of skill set can be communication. One of the biggest things that the enemy will use against us is a lack of communication, that we're not, clear, not bringing clarity to what we said or what we mean or where we're at in life. And the enemy will, will use a lack of skill set. And the Bible says that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. You know what I pray? this year. I pray that you have great advancements this year as you pour yourself into saying, God, give me new skill sets. Come on, for the new season that you're taking me into. You know what's going to happen? Advancements are going to happen for some of you because you're taking it serious that you're saying, God, you have designed me for a purpose and for a reason, and I want to be the very best that I can be. 
You can move to Cancun. You can move across the world. But if you don't change some of the behaviors, you'll only repeat the same behaviors in Cancun. But if we say, Holy Spirit, let's get real and get serious with this. Show me where I need to change. Advance me. I'm telling you what will happen. The heavens will open and you will say, well, how did I get here? It got there because you listen to the Holy Spirit to increase your knowledge and your insight. I'm doing all the preaching. You've got to help me out here. Why else? I, I think we give up too easily on our relationships. We get offended. We get upset. We check out and we flake out. I think we just, we just throw them to the wind. We've got so many options. And I, I don't think that this is true discipleship, that we can just casually throw people away that God is sending into your life and just throw them to the curb when really sometimes we need to have uh, crucial conversations to work things out. Because I'm going to tell you, God, you, we will repeat the same thing over again with, with even with new friends. You can get a new friend, new family, but I'm going to tell you something. Until God shows us. I remember years ago I was at a job. I said, God, you got to show me. This job is killing me. you got to show me what am I here to learn because I can't keep doing what I'm doing. I can complain, and for two years I complained about it, I mumbled about it, I griped about it, but the Holy Spirit stopped me across the parking lot from one building to the other, and he said, number one, you've never thanked me for this job. I dropped to my knees, I said, God, I thank you for this job, and I went to the person to help me get the job, I said, I never, and he and I were sharing our gripes and grumbles and mumbling and grumbling and how we hate this and how you that, and, and I, I said to him, I said, I never thanked you for getting me this job, I needed it so bad, so desperately, and I wanted to just say to you, thank you. He's looking at me like I've lost, I had two heads. He's like, what are you talking about? But you know what happened? I felt at that moment, because I obeyed the Holy Spirit, I obeyed the Holy Spirit right there in that moment, I felt things shift. And I'm telling you, within three weeks, I was out of that job, and God transferred me, transitioned me into the place that I really, what, what I knew what needed to happen. You know what I feel for you this morning? If you'll listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you right now about your relationships, some of your frustrations, I'm telling you, come to a place of humility. Come to a place of humbleness and let God transform. Come on, transform you and elevate you and promote you to your next, come on, healthy season. Can you shout amen? That's for somebody. Maybe for a couple people here, maybe for someone online this, this morning. I want to give you five, Bonnie and I will give you five characteristics of relationships. We, sometimes we get confused. It's so hard. It's so complicated. And it is. It can be. But can I break this down? If you'll just focus, and Bonnie and I are not perfect. We, we still fight. In fact, we worked on this sermon about three weeks ago. We already had it ready because I, we were going to share this. Can I tell you, as we were going through this sermon and going through these notes, you know what happened? The devil showed up and started, I mean, we were arguing and fighting. Isn't that the way it works? I mean, you're supposed, to, you're supposed to be representing and bringing truth, and, and here we are. We're fighting. We're being tested, and the Bible says this. If you don't know this, you need to understand this. You will be tested by your testimony. Right. You're going to go through a test, yep. and that's for somebody right now. You're going, you wonder why you're going through such a struggle right now. You're being tested yeah. because somewhere you gave a word, and you testified of the goodness of God, right. and now you're being testified. Now you're being tested based on what you, what you said about God's faithfulness. Right. How do you know God's still faithful? Amen? Five characteristics of relationships that are growing deeper. Number one, intentional. Write that down. Intentional. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. You know why we're here together? You know why we do groups together? You know our men and women meet together? You know why we do ministry together? It's so that we can sharpen one another. We're not here just to say 
wow, you look pretty today. You look great today. You're fabulous today, right? Handsome, babe. Yeah. Always. So we're not here just to look at each other. We're here to showing up for, to be intentional with one another. If someone invites you to a meeting, to contrib- you're there to contribute. You're not there to just to show up and look pretty. You're, there to, to, right. you're intentionally there to contribute something. If God's placed a friend in your life, you're not there just to say, oh, I got a friend. You're not there just to play black ops with each other. You're there. You're ultimately there for a reason to help them. Be intentional with where you're at and where God has placed you in. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. Look at this. Jesus. This is Jesus. His intent. There it is. Jesus' intent. So Jesus is even intentional about his church. His intent was that now through the church. Someone say through the church. Someone say we belong to each other. We belong to each other. You're not here just showing up on a Sunday morning. There is something that God wants to do in you, in you and through you. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities of the heavenly realms. Wow. And according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, and nothing progresses without an intentional effort. You need to know that. And I wrote down a few things how to ensure that we um, keep our relationships intentional. And so the first thing I thought of, and like Shannon said, God was speaking to us too when we were doing this. So I had to do a lot of repenting and, okay, God, I'm going to get this right. And so the first thing I thought of is bring the best of yourself into a relationship. Like we were talking about with that list, if you're broken and um, past hurts, you're going to bring that into all of your relationships and you need to bring the best of yourself and only God can do that. And I was thinking of the example on the plane when they have you put your mask on first um, to be able to help somebody else. When we're whole within ourselves, and God is allowing us to be our best, we're going to bring out the best in others for sure every time. And the second thing I thought was listen well. I really had to get this. I'm still working on this and I'm going to confess right now. So in our relationship, this is what I thought in my head. So Shane and I always interrupted him in his conversations. So he would start talking, and I'm like, yeah, baby, because, and then he'd be like, just silent. I'm like, what? And he goes, you interrupted me. And you know what? Okay, in my mind, I thought I wanted Shannon to know how smart I was, that I knew exactly what he was talking about, and I was going to finish his sentence for him. Like, so he could know I'm smart and I know exactly what you're talking, babe. But I was not helping. It was actually frustrating. And I thought, I'm doing that in my other relationships too. And so what God showed me, be a good listener. Listen well. Get to know people, where they're at, what they're saying, what they're doing. It's going to really value the other person. And they're going to know it. They're going to know that you really care about them when you listen well. And then the last thing I wrote down was treat others the way you want to be treated. Um, The Bible says you reap what you sow. And so however you're treating, you're going to get that treatment back. And and so Shannon used to always say, Bonnie, you always get compliments. I am telling you, though, God has really, I'm giving God all the glory. God has given me the gift of compliment. I love to really love people. I really do. Like, I really want you to know I value you. I appreciate that you're in my life, and you really mean a lot to me. So this is a genuine thing for me. Like when I see you, there are really people that isolate themselves and they don't have friends. But this is a beautiful thing to be a part of a house of faith, to know that every person in this room is your friend. 
Every person in this room is your friend. So if you feel like you don't have a friend, I want you to look around the room right now. And if you don't know somebody, get their name after church because I promise you they want to be your friend. That's good. And you are gifted at, at complimenting. I think, it's, I think it's, it's the Holy Spirit that uses her in this area because how many of us, how many of us really, how many people in the world really need to hear some affirmation yes. and to be comforted? Amen. That's a, yes. And that's the Holy Spirit using. So what, what gift do you have? What do you contribute? What intentional effort do you bring to your relationships that's solving a problem in someone's life? And, and, and use it. Say, God, what, what is that? What, where can I be intentional, more intentional? And you may have, as Bonnie said, you have friends today. And just understand the expectation. That friendship is on different levels. And as you invest, he that has friends must show himself friendly. Right. As you invest in friendships, mm-hmm. come on, you're going to get more. You're going to reap back right. a harvest of being, being a friend and having friends in your life. Amen. Yeah. Number two, another characteristic of growing deeper in our relationship is truth. We need truth. Yeah. Do you have truth in your relationships or are you lying? Are you lying? Is it false? Are you being truthful with people? Do you really, when you compliment them, do you really mean it? Yeah. Or do you say something, a compliment to their face, but then behind their back, you're kind of tearing them down of how they have not? That's not truthfulness. Right. And so when I say bring truth in your relationships, I'm talking about the truthfulness of the gospel of Christ. I'm not talking about just lamb blasting people for where they've sinned or where they're wrong. I'm talking about are you bringing the truthfulness of the fruit of the Spirit into your relationships? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And so we have to bring truth. How am I applying truth, and how are the people in my life applying truth? Are you, are you one of those friends, you see your friends struggling and making a horrible decision, and you just sit back and watch them wallow in that? Or are you someone who in love can go to them and say, hey, can I take you to coffee? Can I take you to lunch? Hey, I love you way too much to see you struggle in this area, and I see some blind spots in your life. Or are you that friend that you're watching them struggle with these decisions, and then you're telling everyone else, you told about 20, 25 different people where they're struggling and how wrong they are, but you're not bringing truthfulness to your relationship and being truthful enough to say, you know what, whatever I say to you about you stays with me and you. Do you know that love covers a multitude of sins? Truthfulness is that you're not going to backbite. I'm, I'm, Devin invited me to preach or speak to uh, the young adults tonight. I've been excited about this. I'm, I'm going to bring some lessons tonight. It's, it's, it's going to be on gossip, so it's going to be a good one. It's a, it's, a juicy, it's a juicy lesson. It's a discipleship lesson. Are you that kind of friend that you got close enough to that person that you're telling everyone about their, their secrets? You're telling everyone about their flaws? You got close enough to them? that you see their weaknesses and you're telling everyone else about their weaknesses, that's not truthfulness. Are you with me today? There's a path for truth, and our relationships can grow deeper and be healthy when we stay on the path of truth. Forgiveness. Forgiveness, a characteristic that we need in our relationships. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ has forgave you. When you realize that someone has harmed you or hurt you, can you remember a time where you've hurt someone else? And can you remember that Christ forgave you about something that you did wrong? And can you not extend that forgiveness back to other people in your life? Forgiveness has to be practiced if relationships will grow deeper. You know what that means? More than likely, not more than likely, it's going to happen. I'm going to offend you. I'm going to bring an offense into your life. I'm going to do something wrong. I'm not perfect. 
But you know what that does? That gives us the opportunity to truly practice what I believe is the fruit of the Spirit. That's love. Love, one of the actions of love is to be able to forgive. So you and I cannot grow deeper in our relationships if we're not willing to practice forgiveness, releasing that and letting that go, resolving that problem in our life. If, you, if all you do is hang around the people that like and never offend you, your circle is going to be so small. And God is not going to be able to use you like he wants to use you. You're going to be so limited in your life. But if you can be the person that when you get offended, practice forgiveness. Practice being truthful in your forgiveness and watch God expand your circle, expand your influence because he will say, I can now trust you because I know you know how to forgive. So I'm going to expand your circle and allow you to have a a powerful impact with the people around you. You can move away from someone who hurts you, but unforgiveness keeps you tied to them. You can move away. You can go to Cancun. You can go to go to across the earth, move away. But if you have not practiced forgiveness, you are still tied to that person. You know what I say? Go ahead and ask the Holy Spirit to help you with forgiving that person and release them and release yourself so you can walk in the freedom of Jesus Christ. Unselfishness is another characteristic. Yeah, and I wrote down some things about how do I not be selfish? And one of the points I put down is undivided attention um, giving people your full attention. And I know sometimes I struggle with this, like, I want to be busy at home working, and Shannon's wanting me to, like, listen to him. And so i got to get right there. And, think, and then I'm thinking the whole time, I really should be getting something else done. But I'm like, no, I need to be right there where he's at. And our friends, our people in our life, our relationships, we have to value them that way. We have to um, give them our undivided attention. And the other thing I wrote down was think about others' feelings, before you say anything, um, you're going to go into an office. You're going to go into a place tomorrow. There might be some people that are in a great mood on Monday, and some people maybe struggled this weekend. Maybe they felt very lonely this weekend. Maybe something really bad happened in their life. Maybe something happened bad in their family. And the best thing that you can do is be sensitive to them and try to bring some extra love to that re- relationship and be aware of where people are. Not just be selfish in your own, doing your own thing, but take time to look around and see if there's somebody else that you can care and love for. Um, And then the other thing I wrote down was um, to uh, think, uh, to be available um, when someone needs you. And I felt really bad. Like Carla had sent me a text. I think it was Friday or Saturday, and I didn't see it. I was like, I was at work and I I didn't get a seat, and so I had to, you know, check in with her later. and what she shared with me was we were praying over something, and I thought, you know, this is really heavy on her heart. And I love Carla. I don't really know the person we're praying for. I've met them. But I love her enough that I know she's hurting, and I'm going to carry this with her. I'm going to commit to this in prayer. So being available, you may not be able to answer right away, or you might miss it. But go back and take the time to let that person know you really care about what they're saying, what they're doing, what's going on, you know. Very good. Very good. And lastly is consistency. Can you bring consistency into your relationships? Do you have the characteristic in your relationships that you bring consistency? Now, here's what I mean by that. Yeah, that's good. Listen, we're not perfect. We're not going to be perfect. But can you bring consistency in that if if you make a mistake or get out of alignment within your relationships, can you bring the consistency to get back on track again? Mm -hmm. Can you resolve it? Mm -hmm. Can you bring consistency? Listen, how many of you know that our world is unstable? 
Come on, our world and our culture is unstable. There's not a lot of security that's going on in our world today. And as long as evil prevails, I don't, I don't think that it's ever going to resolve itself until Jesus Christ comes back. But as long as the body of Christ is still on this earth, can we model consistency, come on, to a world that needs to see? They will be attracted to Jesus, the Jesus in your life, as you are modeling consistency in your relationships. Can you be counted on to provide stability? You know what I appreciate in my life? There are, there are some people in my life that have been so faithful to bring, to bring stability when I felt like my world was rocked. When I didn't have the faith, my faith was weak. My faith, I didn't have the faith, but thank God I had friends in my life, people in my life. You know what they were doing? They were telling me, hey, Shannon, it's going to be okay. They brought a scripture verse and said, hey, this is what the word of God says. They were affirming what God had spoke to me. How many of you, come on, we need some people who can bring stability to others in other people's life. And that's the way God wants to use you in your relationships, to bring stability to them. Can you bring stability? Not be flaky, not be up and down. Don't bring, don't make them more confused after they get in talking to you. Bring some stability. Bring them back to the rock of Jesus Christ. Bring them back to the truth. Bring them back to the promises of God. And when you do that, you're bringing stability. Come on, somebody. Am I preaching to somebody this morning? Can we give God praise that we have people who know how to bring stability, come on, into our relationships? How do we do that? Number one, do I cause the people in my life to love God more? The people you're hanging with right now, are they more inclined to love God with all of their heart, body, soul, and spirit? Or is there a temptation? Are you stirring up a temptation for them to, to disregard God in their life? Number two, do I encourage the people in my life to do what is pleasing to God? If someone is coming to you with an offense, are you stirring them up to please God with their reaction to that? Or are you the one to jump on the bandwagon and keep it stirred up, keep them guessing, to, keep, to, to, to make a void there, to create a vacuum? Or are you the one that's building bridges in your relationships to say they really didn't mean it that way? I believe we can settle this difference. It's not that big of a deal. Come on, somebody. Bring stability. Come on into our relationships. Number three, do I dream the right dreams? And do I help others to dream the right dreams? Listen to me. Right now, for the last two or three months, every one of you, every one of you watching online, you have been dreaming something. You've been thinking about something. There's something that you want to resolve in your life. There's a place that you want to get to. Is that dream the right dream? And are you stirring up? Because what's happening in you, you're passing that on and to someone else. And is that dream the really right dream in their life? Is it going to lead to please God? Is it going to lead to love God? Is it going to lead to the purpose and the plan that God has for your life and for the people around you? Dream the right dreams. Help others to dream the right dreams. John chapter 13, the worship team is going to come back here. And, and I want us to take a moment, if you would, before you go home, just take a moment. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And I believe uh, Bonnie's going to read 1 Corinthians here, uh, chapter 13, because it's so specific of what love looks like. But love doesn't work in a vacuum. Love works in relationships. And every one of those characteristics of what love is, it works in relationships that have been strained, that have been hurtful, that have had offense, Think about it. When she reads this, I want you to think about it. I want you, in fact, maybe just close your eyes and think about every description that Paul is giving in 1 Corinthians of what love is. But before she does that, look what Jesus said about this. John 13, 34. 
He said, a new commandment I give to you. You guys, you've been so great. You've been legalistic to the law. You're so great with the customs and the celebrations to do so much detail. But you know what he's saying? He said, I'm telling you this. I'm going to give you a new commandment. Not an option. It's not a choice. It's not, I can take it or leave it. I'm giving you a commandment that you are to follow. You know what that commandment is? That you love one another just as I have loved you. And you also are to love one another. Will you read 1 Corinthians 13? If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. Always hopes. Always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now, we see only reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Can you say amen, amen, amen? Come on, give God praise for 1 Corinthians 13. Amen? I didn't... As Bonnie was reading that, I, I, I grabbed a little something different out of this service than I did the first. And I, and I want you to hear this. This is for somebody either online or in this, in this room today. God said, you think about everything that I just said about love and the characteristics of that. And notice what is generated out of that. First off, remember the lesson that we said that spiritual maturity, spiritual mothers and fathers... It, it takes a spiritual mother and father to operate. I can't do that. I can't. My flesh, come on, Shannon Wooten cannot do 1 Corinthians 13 without God's help. Anyone else want to be honest? I can't do that unless I have the help of the Holy Spirit. But here's what God's saying. I will generate promotion and elevation. Look at look what I will generate. Some completeness. The places that you are, listen to me very carefully this morning, the places in your life that feel void and unfulfilled, God says when you generate love in your relationships, I will bring completeness and wholeness to you. Can you shout amen this morning? Here's what I want you to think about. I read a book, and it was part of our required reading um, in our class that we took for our master's years, some years ago. The book is not a religious book. It wasn't written in a religious context, but I'm telling you, the principles within that book was incredible. It was almost, out of 40, 50 books that we had to read, it was one of my top five favorite books that I read. And the book was called Influencer, the power to change anything. Uh, it, was a, uh, it was a group of authors, uh, Carrie, Carrie Patterson. It was written for a business, business context for leadership, CEOs, people, managers, supervisors, and to think about the power of influence. And here's what spoke to me so clearly through this book. 
is that I realized that the biblical principles that would fit in any setting, in your marriage, in your relationship with your kids, in a church setting, in ministry. But here was one of the powerful examples that spoke to me so much. There was a group of, uh, it was Dr. Watson in 1986 that paid very close attention to the uh, Guinea worm that impacted uh, 23 different nations around the um, Western Asia area. The New Guinea worm was a parasite that would be picked up. It was as it was ingested, it would lodge itself in the tissue of the abdomen uh, in the stomach area, and it would grow to about three foot long, and to where it would push itself to the surface, causing people to break out in rashes. They would get sick, some would die, but the parasite was trying to drive the body back to the body of water because of the body of water is where it needed to survive to lay the eggs, and so it would keep spreading. That guinea worm spread for 3,500 years, devastating uh, 23 different nations and 130 million people for 3,500 years. And Dr. Watson got a team of people, doctors, but also behavioral scientists that began to come in and observe what behaviors was going on. They noticed that one village, one village had less symptoms, and they were amazed by this. They were drinking from the same water. How would, what, would, what were they doing that was different from the villages of the north and the south? What was the deal? And they realized, of course, there's three or four different influences, and they used the Sigma, uh, the Sigma principles, which, by the way, Carla and, and Amanda went through those or is going through that Sigma uh, principle. Some of you may not understand that, but it's a business principles that are used in business concepts. And they used some of these to figure out what was happening, what influences was happening in these villages, and how could they resolve this this great problem. They realized that as the villagers would go down to the water in this one village, they did something different than the other villagers did. They would, before dipping the water out of that, dipping the bucket into the water and retrieving the water, they would take a piece of cloth and filter, filter the water before it ever hit the container. Evidently, the microfibers was small enough to keep that parasite, at least the majority of them, and made, this, made the symptoms less severe, made the impact less severe in that village than the others. And so they began to do, implement three or four different influences. And for 3,500 years, what plagued those people, it began, began to eradicate the impact of that. You know what I, you know what I realized? I mean, we want breakthroughs. We want God to just show up and just do things, some things, and he will. He can do that. But things only begin to change when we allow the Holy Spirit to show us what behaviors are we doing that's impacting us around us. You know what I feel this morning? That the Holy Spirit wants to show you. He wants to show you. There are some things that you are doing excellent at it. You know what I pray this morning? The Holy Spirit shows you what that is and keep doing. Fan the flame of that. You're bringing health to your relationships because that's what you're doing. It's doing a great job. But there may be, if you're like me, there's one or two things that keeps hindering me to go to another level in my relationships. Can we be honest this morning? Here's what I want to ask you to do. They're going to sing this song one more time or sing this worship chorus. And I want you to just come and stand across this front. If you want the Holy Spirit... There's a place you're trying to get to. There's a place that God wants to resolve some things. And if you're watching online, just take a moment just to close your eyes for a moment and listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. And I want you to stand across this front. Your relationships today, there's something in your relationships that God is going to say because you allowed love to flow through them 
and you've decided to go deeper, not only am I going to bring you to an elevated place, I'm going to heal and transform the people around you. You're going to be the key to someone else's breakthrough because you have allowed the Holy Spirit, come on, to speak to you and give you instruction. Hey, thank you for listening to today's message. We appreciate you tuning in. I hope you subscribe so you can join us back here next week. If you're interested in connecting with us at New Spring Church, text Connect NC to 94000. Hey, we're praying for you and we pray God's blessing upon you.